Valentine's Day isn't just about who you love, but what you love. And if you love learning about history, innovation, exploration, and true stories that will leave you inspired, then you have to get to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. You'll find three floors filled with treasures from the Revolution to today. You can even drop in the museum store and get a gift for that special someone. Parking and admission are free. For tickets, visit usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. Discover how a master's in environment and sustainability management from Georgetown can help you harness the power of science and business to create a more sustainable world. Learn more at esm.georgetown.edu slash explore. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Razzball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Bidon, joined of course, as always, by the Fantasy Master Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How's it going, Gray? Oh, uh, hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> Thanks for that uh, exciting exciting welcome, Gray. Uh, uh, hey, hey, <laughs> hey Bidon, what's going on, bro? <laughs> there we go, that's a little bit better. Uh, so yeah, we're just here as usual to talk about some baseball. Um, I mean, let's go ahead and get started in Texas, where they might yeah, actually. Have... We actually, uh, we, before we start, sorry, B. Yeah. I didn't mean to drop because I know you're the host, and I am. I am merely a uh, a, uh, a disciple, a, <laughs> a, a, a follower of the uh, the B. Don um, coattails uh, as you wear your uh, your tuxedo during every podcast, which people can now see. If they go on YouTube uh, backslash Razzball Fantasy, because we're going to be posting the entire podcast on YouTube. So you can view this. You can watch us talk nonsense rather than just listening to us talk nonsense. And maybe, who knows, when I um, stammer or uh, mispronounce a word, maybe you can read my lips on the YouTube video and see what I'm actually saying versus what it sounds like I'm saying. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know that's that's enjoyable for people. I also just um, I just scribbled out my when we when we started the show. I just scribbled out my name on my uh, my coffee cup because I realized that I'm going to be on video now. So, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, guys. I see you looking at me. Also, um, I did my hair. Okay, uh, be done and please subscribe. We have to get to a thousand. Uh, I will continue. Telling people to subscribe to the YouTube um, backslash Razzball Fantasy until we get to a thousand subscribers, and then once we get to a thousand, I will no longer talk about this ever again. <laughs> so get us get us to a thousand because we have to get to a thousand, according to um, Bobby Lamarco, our our new uh, fantasy football video guy, um, social uh, media so director, social media guru. Yeah. <laughs> Has uh, who has twenty one thousand less followers than me? <laughs> He's the guru. Ask Bobby. He's the guru. Uh, anyway, beat on. Let's uh, get into the show. Hey, I mean, at least Bobby's got more followers than I do. So yeah, he's got he's got something. Um, yeah, let's go I, ahead and get. I don't actually think that's true. To be honest. is it is it not? It's <laughs> not true. Okay. No, I I think Bobby has like two hundred followers. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about Bobby's followers. Okay. Anyways, I, anyways, a, yes. Good way to, we 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 need to build up our people, <laughs> not knock them down. I realize the site is called Razzball, so our whole. Uh, 
Genesis quoi? No, that's probably not. Our uh, our joint de vivre? I don't know. There's a French term for it, but our uh, our whole oh, our raison d'entrée, um, I don't believe, uh, is the right term either. Anyway, beat on. Let's let's go. Yes. Come on. Okay. So before, if you... before YouTube puts us in a a French video category. Yes. Okay. So moving on. We already got the South Korean market. We don't need the French market. We're gonna go ahead and move on. Um, <laughs> If, you, if your question was, how many times does Rick Gray roll his eyes at me a show? You can now answer that by yourself. You don't have to ask me. Uh, so, yes, going to Texas, quite possibly the number one and number two players over the last two weeks might be there. Um, Adalas Garcia, we're going to st- start with him. I mean, he's number 14 on the player radar over the last four days. He's hitting 280, three home runs, two stolen bases. Uh, over that time, he's the number eight outfielder over the season, number 26 overall player, uh, 234, 12 home runs, eight stolen bases, 32 runs, 40 RBIs. Adolis Garcia was a guy that I liked in the uh, draft season as long as you had some average built up. Um, he's even starting to turn around, at least on the average side in recent days. Where are you on Adolis Garcia right now? And, and kind of as we're looking forward for the rest of the season, Gray, I mean, he's he's putting up at least the, the home runs and stolen bases side of it. Right. Yeah, no, uh, totally. It actually, it goes back to um, a thing I, I say often in the preseason, at least, about how, like, um, with hitters, uh, you if you can get five categories, like Adolis Garcia, you know, that makes such a huge difference when it comes to fantasy value. Uh, you know, it seems like I'm stating the obvious, but I don't think, you know, people truly appreciate how obvious it is uh, because like if you have like Adolis Garcia right now is actually 21 overall on the player Raider with uh, today's update. I think you might've did the yeah, notes I did this last night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, but um, if you look at him and you're like, okay, but uh, you know, like a Vlad Guerrero jr. Who's been fine. I, you know, I, I believe as of the recording of this, he has 14 homers. He's got, RBIs, he's got runs. He doesn't quite have the batting average yet. But as you mentioned, Adolis Garcia doesn't have batting average either. But if you look at Vlad Guerrero Jr. without batting average, he's 61 on the player Raider, and Adolis Garcia is 21 on the player Raider. And that's simply because Adolis Garcia adds in some steals, like not even a lot. I mean, he has nine steals on the year as of this recording. So it's not like he has a ton of steals, but he's been really good in a five category type way, which is also, you know, I think actually Adolis Garcia was my last sleeper to drop in um, January prior to the rankings. So yeah, I was a fan of like Adolis Garcia. I think I actually, I liked Adolis Garcia, you know, a lot more than um, most people across like uh fantasy baseball community, which is a, uh, a large group of men in their mother's basement <laughs> Tweet, <laughs> tweeting and uh, podcasting. Hey guys, what's going on? Um, leave your mom alone. Okay. Uh, anyway. So yeah, I mean, I think, uh, which is surprising, but I don't think, I don't think people truly appreciate Adalas Garcia even to this day. Like even as he is in a, a near Top 20 guy overall. Like, if you look at the guys right by Adolis Garcia on the player radar, you have Jazz Chisholm, uh, Julio Rodriguez, Tony Gosling, uh, Alec Manoa, uh, Francisco Lindor. Like, these guys are all within, like, a dollar of his value. If you were to say all those names I just said, they are so like far and wide appreciated more than Adolis Garcia. Like if you were to say to someone like, uh, do you want Adolis Garcia or Julio Rodriguez? People would be like, uh, are you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, bro, are you drunk? Because you sound drunk. Or if you're like, oh, uh, Adolis Garcia or Jazz Chisholm, people would be like, uh, I'm going to like send you uh, away. You need help, bro. <laughs> Seriously, like Adalas Garcia does not appreciate at all. And he wasn't appreciated coming into this year. He wasn't appreciated last year when he was actually good. Like, I don't know why. Like, it could be the Rangers uh, situation because, you know, Texas Rangers are, eh, it's a pretty boring team. Yeah. <laughs> they, they went out and spent like $500 million and they are still so boring. <laughs> 
they're a hard team to watch. Like, I can watch just about any team. I think I let, I'd prefer to watch the Pirates over the Rangers. Anyway, I would say, like, Adolis Garcia was great last year. Unappreciated coming into this year. Is still good. And I still think unappreciated. Like, no one really cares about Adolis Garcia for whatever reason. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... I love him. I, I think he's great. He's so valuable. Like, if you are looking for a guy who could go, I don't know, say 30, 20, uh, 100 runs, 100 RBIs, and a, a 245-plus average, I mean, that's a top 20 player, and that's a Dallas Garcia. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Anyway, go ahead, B-Don. What, what were you going to say? Oh, I, I mean, I think you you pretty much summed everything up there. I mean, he's sitting in the you know three through five range in the lineup. He doesn't really move from that area. He's got the only two other people and capable of hitting in uh, Texas in front of him, and, and Simeon and, and Seager. Although Seager's you know not been exactly what uh, what Texas thought they were paying for either. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like Dallas Garcia. I mean, if we look at the numbers, everything across the board looks in line or better than last year, actually. And then if we just look at some of the expected numbers, like his expected batting average right now is 271. Like he's hitting 239 right now. Like he he's expected he should be hitting 271 right now. So there's room to go up in the average, which is really the only thing that he's missing. So. Um, you know, I don't really, I don't understand why he doesn't get it. Maybe it's because he's, you know, he was, he definitely was a late breakout. When you break out at 28, your second season's at 29, you don't get the same kind of, of love that you do um, otherwise. But, I mean, he's doing everything you you could possibly want at this point. Um, I think if, if somebody is willing to sell them, sell him, I'm, I'm willing to buy because I do. I think the average is going to continue to move up. Um I mean, nine stolen bases, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but he's top 20 in stolen bases right now because there's nobody stealing bases. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i with you. I like Dallas Garcia, rest of season. Also, like, and one other name that I didn't mention, like, if someone were to say, like, Dallas Garcia or Austin Riley, it's another one where it's like, well, obviously Austin Riley, right? But yeah. no, it's not. I mean, Dallas Garcia is beating Austin Riley by $3 on the player rater. That's a decent amount. I mean, that's the difference between, like, Sandy Alcantara and Kyle Wright, $3. Actually, no, that's a little bit more, but it's close yeah. <laughs> anyway. I mean, Dallas Garcia is way more valuable than people realize. Yeah, and to your point about the stolen bases, I mean, Stanton, who's had a, a, a great season to this point by all accounts, he's 58. Dallas is 21. Stolen bases are, are part of value now, especially as hard as they are to come by. Um, I mean, I mentioned, you know, some of the people not living up to contracts. Javier Baez is one of them. I mean, he's, he's been, been dropped in 10 team leagues. He's been dropped in 12 team leagues. You said you're starting to see him dropped in 14 and 15 team leagues. I mean, he's hitting 197, 242, 301. He has three home runs, one stolen base. It is the worst average exit velocity of his career. The worst barrel rate, the third worst hard hit rate since like his rookie and second season. Uh, I guess on the positive side, he does have a 254 Babbitt versus a career 330, although that was at Wrigley. The K rate isn't great, but it is at least better than the last two seasons. Um, but unfortunately, the contact rate, swinging strike rate, they're continuing to fall. What are you doing with Javier Baez? Are you are you holding on holding and on expecting and something to change, something to change or what's going on? What's going on? So I just was looking at uh, Javier Baez's slider page. Uh, actually... So I, I went to look at Javier Baez's page uh, for his batting average against sliders, and uh, Google said, are you really sure? <laughs> good. And then I said, yes. And Google said, really, though? Because it's not pretty. <laughs> and then I said, yeah, no, seriously, Google, show it to me. And then Google said, I don't think you want to see it. <laughs> It's so bad, man. I don't get like honestly, like his um his uh his batting average against like sliders and just like everything against sliders. I don't know why like he's having a extremely hard time with the slider. <laughs> right now he's got okay, so he's got a 51% uh ground ball rate when he actually does make contact with a slider. 
his K, his uh, strikeout rate against the slider is 42%. <laughs> his average against the slider is 110. <laughs> he's basically, he's you or I suddenly uh, dream casting ourselves onto a major league team <laughs> and facing <laughs> Shane Bieber with a slider. Like he's, that's essentially Javier Baez. Like you or I could probably hit as well as Javier Baez against a slider. There's no reason anyone should throw him anything else until he figures this out. Like, I don't know. Like if I were a major league pitcher, I would be like, uh, yeah, I'm throwing Javier Baez a slider, man. I mean, <laughs> like, it's so obvious. Like, if you look at, and even, I think it's obvious probably even to um, uh, the dopey uh, uh, Major League Baseball players and coaches, because, like, if you look at his pitches, like, he's seen uh, 246 sliders as of the recording of this. Last year, he saw a little over 500. I mean, he's already see, he's already seen almost half of last year, and we're nowhere near the halfway mark of the season. So he's like he's flying through like how many sliders he's seeing like on average. Like he is seeing nothing but sliders, and for good reason. He can't hit them. I don't know why. I mean, it's almost like he's got the yips, but for hitting, which is bizarre because usually that's a thing for. Um, for throwing or fielding. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I honestly, I don't think, I don't know if there's a fix here. <laughs> I, I mean, there is like, he could fix a, He could fix what he's doing against sliders. I guess that could be a fix, but honestly, like he's got like, I don't like, he needs to really like figure out like what's going on. Like it, if he is, because he's in a, a terrible situation too, like, because the slider is usually like, you know, if if, if a pitcher gets ahead of a, uh, excuse me, if a pitcher falls behind a, a, a hitter, then he's going to throw, you know, fastballs. So Javier Baez needs to work the count. Not something Javier Baez does. <laughs> he doesn't work the count. Like, it's just not in his nature to work the count. So he's constantly falling behind and he's getting eaten up like if you were to see Javier Baez like he'd be like the easiest pitch easiest hitter to like um you know strategize against like if he were coming up you start him off with a slider if he doesn't bite for whatever reason he probably will but if he doesn't bite throw him another slider just keep throwing sliders and if the pitcher doesn't know how to throw a slider then he should learn before the game because he's, <laughs> he's about to face Javier Baez. Yeah, I mean, this is – it's really bad, man. I And, you know, like when uh, someone on someone in the comments, uh, I believe uh, Fausto, uh, frequent commenter uh, Fausto, hey, shout out. Uh, he also has a, a Sagnoff uh, tattoo. So big, longtime fan, longtime friend of Rasball. Uh, he uh, he was the one who mentioned in his 14-team league that Javier Baez got dropped, which is how Javier Baez ended up on our podcast outline. Um, and when I saw that, I was like thinking like, well, at first I was like, oh, that's – I don't know. Would you drop Javier Baez in that deep of a league? And then I started looking at his numbers, and it's like, yeah, I don't know why you would keep Javier Baez. Like, honestly – there's better guys in a 14 team league, at least there's better guys on waivers. Probably. I mean, it would, it would stink to lose Javier Baez and what you thought you were going to get, but I don't think you're going to get what you thought you were going to get. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't look good right now. I mean, in, in surprisingly, like I know it's going to sound shocking to everybody as you're listening to this and you know, Javier Baez profile, he's actually been positive against the, the slider in his career. Like, He's his run value against the slider is positive like almost every year, except for this year where it is a negative 10 and just buried in the absolute worst possible thing I've ever seen in regards to a versus pitch type thing. So I really don't know what's going on with him. It's like I said, it's not a pitch that he's typically 
you know, struggled with. It's one that it's the one of the few pitches he yeah, tends I, to sorry, recognize. Not to, yeah, sorry not to interrupt, but yeah, that's a good point. Like his slider, his slugging percentage against the slider last year was 582. This year it's 137. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's so awful. That's so awful. <laughs> last year his batting average against the slider was 297. And as I said, it's 110 now. I mean, it's so bad. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, so it's really just about that. I mean, I think if he can figure that out, he could get back on track. Um, I will say this is also the first time he's been in the AL. So they, it is also just the thing where he's he's acclimating to pitchers that he's never really seen before. Um, so there, there may be something there. I, I think in a... You know, I think in a 15-team league, it would be really hard for me to drop him. Uh, I would like to bench him. But if you're already stashing, like, um, you know, a, a C.J. Abrams or a Kalinic on your team, or if you're you're loaded with ILs, um, you know, I could see this the position where you're in where you might have to let him go because of, of what it's looked like so far, which is just awful. Oh, my God. I just looked up his uh, his ranking on the player radar. Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that, Greg. Oh man! <laughs> oh, oh, it's so bad. He's at uh, he's seven forty four overall. Don't don't, don't, uh, don't do that. He's seven. He's seven forty four overall. In front of him are such well known guys as Gilberto Celestino, the minute the Twins uh, platoon bench outfielder. Um, Aladame, Aladamus uh, Diaz, uh, easy for me to say. Christian Arojo um, and Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, just some really, really exciting names. Actually, Austin Hedges is almost 70 spots ahead of uh, Javier Baez. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Okay, anyway. Oh, Bad. yeah, that's painful. That, that hurts. That hurts. Um, but, yes. Not so great, but I guess one case where a guy did start slow and is starting to kind of come back as we started with Texas and we're kind of coming back to it is is Marcus Simeon, um, number one on the play radar over the last seven days. He's hitting 480, four home runs, two stolen bases. I mean, is he back or are you trying to sell Marcus Simeon off during this hot stretch and try and grab whatever value you can before it, it falls off? What are you thinking here? Valentine's Day isn't just about who you love, but what you love. And if you love learning about history, innovation, exploration, and true stories that will leave you inspired, then you have to get to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. You'll find three floors filled with treasures from the Revolution to today. You can even drop in the museum store and get a gift for that special someone. Parking and admission are free. For tickets, visit usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. Uh, was the, uh, honestly, was that Marcus Simeon seven, uh, the seven day player Raider, uh, was that a thing where he had that one huge double header and then he hasn't, he hasn't done anything since then. <laughs> I think, I think he's had like one hit he, since he, then. He had uh, three games that were really, really amazing. He had, uh, Seattle, Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland. Right. So yeah, okay. It was yeah, a double header, right. but he did yeah, have a home run in the Seattle game beforehand. Right, I see. I see his game log now. Yeah, so he had um, so he had three games that were like fantastic. He had four homers in three games, and then on Sunday he went zero for six. The day before he went one for six. The day before that he went zero for four. The day before that he went zero for four. I mean, I you know what I said to sell Marcus Simeon prior to that big double header. And I stand by that. I mean, his expected batting average is 214. He's got like, you know, he's he's really been super like uh, I don't like I I just don't think he's got like the power to get it out in um, what is it uh, Globe Life? Um, I don't. I, I mean, he he does. I you know I, I guess that's unfair. I mean, he can hit it out of Globe Life. It's a tough stadium though. It's not. It's not an easy stadium to hit home runs in. You know, before I'm old enough to remember 2019. Hey, I'm uh, three years old. Anyway, I'm old enough to remember when he was like a a 30 homer, 
250, 260, 265 guy. I mean, in, two, in 2019, he hit, he hit 285, but that was a bit of an outlier. Anyway, long story short is he was always a 30 homer, 27 to 30 homer, 10 to 15 steal, 250-ish, 260-ish hitter. And that's what he always was. Last year, I mean, he got super lucky. He got like, you know, I mean, he got lucky for power. He got lucky for everything. I mean, he was in really good stadiums for half the year when the uh, the Jays were playing in minor league parks. He was he was in a position to really have a career year, and he did. He had that career year. Now, I think what we're seeing is him coming back to the player that he used to be, um, you know, I don't know if he's actually going to get to 25 homers, to be honest. I, I think right now the projections say he's going to get to about 24 homers. So it'll be close. So potential. But I don't I don't know. I mean, I would say I would put his over-under still at like 27, probably. So that means he gets hot. I think he probably hits 250. So 27 homers. He's got good speed. He's actually running a bunch this year, which is good. Uh, he's making up for, you know, he's making up for his lack of power. He's got 10 steals already. And, you know, if he gets to 20 steals, if he gets to a, if he gets to a 25, 20, 250 year, that's totally worth, you know, the price you paid. I mean, it's not it's not exactly what you were expecting, but, you know, uh, you can't always get what you want. You get what you need. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> As, uh, as I suddenly became a New York Italian singing Rolling Stones. I, anyway, <laughs> I just I think Marcus Simeon is probably going to be fine. I think he's going to be valuable enough. I just think that there's a potential here where like he could potentially have like a low year for average, maybe a low year for power. Maybe he goes, you know, maybe he goes 20, maybe he hits 22 homers. And steals 20 bags. 22, 20, 230 is probably the floor I'm at for what he could potentially do. That's not awful. I mean, it's not unusable, but that's probably top 75 versus, you know, the top 25 to 30 overall that he was getting drafted at. It was always a little bit too high. It was it was a position like he wasn't. He was probably he was being overdrafted. I, I think that was pointed out by both of us in the preseason. He was, you know, he was going too high originally, yeah. and now he's probably going to fall back to where he was, and that's fine. But you know, probably not exactly what people were expecting. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And I, if you're if we're just looking at like what his numbers comp to in regards to his own personal seasons. Honestly, the, the closest comp to what he's currently doing with the with the bat is 2018, where he went 15, 14, and hit 255. And that I think that's kind of other than the steals, which he does continue. He's running more than like maybe he's ever run right now. Other than that, I think those kind those numbers seem like they're they're pretty much like top numbers that I, I'm expecting, like 15 home runs and 255 out of from six and two seventeen right now. I think those would be like dream numbers rest of season um, from him. Maybe he could hit some more for some more power. He's found it in the past, but it just doesn't look like that. And when I'm looking at bat speed, I mean, you can kind of watch in game a little bit, but when we're really thinking about like a player's decline, which, you know, he is, he is kind of towards that number at 31 where the decline starts to happen. I look at a couple things. One's first pitch swing rate. And the other one is versus fastball. His first pitch swing rate is up six and a half percent from last year, so he's he's trying to get ahead of balls and trying to like jump on fa- first pitch fastballs and just ripping away through the zone. And then the other one is how he's doing against fastballs because of, you know that's obviously the pitch we're looking at. Last year against fastballs, he hit two ninety five uh, with a wOBA of four thirty five. Right now, he's hitting one fifty six with a wOBA of two seventy seven. If those numbers, yeah, that's good. Those are really, uh, those are, those are smart things to look at. You're, you're, you're a hundred percent correct. He's, he's probably aging. He's, uh, his bat's slowing a little bit. You see that with, uh, 
aging, uh, you know, aging hitters. You probably, if we looked at Joey Votto, his probably his stats probably look something same, similar. Yeah, just yeah. every time his, his his bat slows down a little bit, maybe he works out harder in the, the next off season and, and brings back a little bit. But yeah, right now I'm I'm pretty much ready to sell Simeon for anything I can get that's going to help my team. Um, Kyle Schwarber was a guy that he was, he's always going to hit for the power. The question's always average. He's coming alive so far in, in June, um, hitting well. Are you interested in Kyle Schwarber rest of season? And I'm going to put his over under at average at two thirty. and you tell me whether you're taking over or under. Mm, I'm going to say under, uh, I think he's, you know, I, I think he's a great bet for, uh, power. I think he's probably, you know, I could see, possibly 35 homers 35 homers in 225 228 maybe um the fly ball rate is like crazy high which i mean for him it's not the worst thing i mean there's worse things to see than a crazy high fly ball rate for a power hitter like him but he is going to hit a a ton of like 387 foot outs too (laughs) i mean it's just it's what's going to happen so, I mean, he, you know, I could see his uh, homer per fly ball being above 20%. Uh, if he gets anywhere, I mean, anywhere close really to like um, his homer uh, per fly ball of 20% and a 50% uh, fly ball rate, I mean, he could potentially hit 34 to 36 homers, like I said. I, I you know, I, I like Schwarber. I think he gets hot. He gets crazy hot at times where people, uh, I think, expect a little bit more than he's going to give. Um, he's decent for on base percentage. He's fine for uh, he's fine for power. He's not really going to give you anything else. I, uh, I and RBIs, obviously, uh, assuming everyone uh, assuming he's not hitting lead off, <laughs> which he has been. Which he is, has. You know, yeah. I mean, you know. Re- Rob Thomas, uh, great adult contemporary singer, not such a great manager. No, actually, he's doing better than Joe Girardi, um, uh, at least for you know with a s- sample size of two weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, Schwarber is what he is. He's a power hitter. He's fine. I I don't I don't have anything against him. I think you know his uh, I think his projections actually look like they're coming out to about thirty eight homers. So. I'm, at 35, I might be on the low side, but yeah, I mean, also, I think I'm on the low side of his average because I think he's hitting more fly balls than he's ever hit in his life. So I, I just think his average probably is not going to get up to the thir- the 230 range. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the, the smart part of my brain wants to say I'm with you, but Kyle Schwarber does this thing where in the second half he gets hot for like three months at a time and the average just kind of carries up for the rest of the season. Um, so I'm just kind of expecting that to happen again. And every year we think it's him, at least, you know, as a Cubs fan watching him, we always think it's him turning the corner and really it's just him seeing the ball really well for a little while. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say again, my, my brain says, yes, you're right under two thirty, but my heart says over two thirty. So, uh, just depends on what day you catch me, I guess. Talking about a couple of prospects that, uh, you know, may get called up here as the, the, the Red Sox Dean Arms. Um, Brian Bello, we're going to start with him. He's he's one of the top arms in the Red Sox system. I mean, he's got a fastball slider change. It, it kind of 93 to 95. It, I've heard he can top it out like 97, 98. And the other guy is uh, Cutter Crawford. He's he's kind of been up and he's he's been up and down a little bit before, so we've seen him in glimpses the last two seasons. Two seasons. It's never it's been never great when, he, great comes when up. he comes up, but in the minors, well, in the it, minors looks it looks pretty solid, solid at least from a K rate. Uh, are you in on uh, any of these guys? Are you picking them up? Pick him up. Uh, so I just uh, while you were uh, talking, I was listening, but I was also typing. And I was looking up to see what uh, Itch had said about uh, Bello uh, recently, because I had just gone over uh, Cutter Crawford on the site on Monday. Uh, so people can look at my thoughts on him uh, from Monday. Uh, I, I don't mind Crawford, by the way, but his uh, his command isn't great. Um, with Bello, it looks like uh, Itch likes him. Uh, it looks like he's uh, adding he added velocity 
Uh, I think he's probably, you know, he's another guy who's the, the command isn't really pristine enough for me to feel really that safe with him. I think, uh, I'm probably, you know, I wasn't really, if you read, uh, the Cutter Crawford, um, uh, post, I, I, I'm, I wasn't really super high on him. Mm-hmm. Also not crazy high on Bellow. Uh, at least like command wise, I, I, really tend to kind of shy away from uh, rookie pitchers who have command issues. Like if there's command issues, it could lead to a roofie. And before you know it, you're losing a kidney in an Afghani cave. It's just, it's not great. <laughs> it's, it's something you try and avoid. So I, I don't mind them like AL only, obviously everyone's ownable uh, 15 team uh, mixed league. Yeah. Okay. If you want to do a flyer, I, I guess that's fine. But these guys aren't – outside of maybe streamers, I need to see more or at least something as in regards to Bello before I add them in shallower mixed leagues. Yeah, I mean, Bello is is kind of a, a – I don't think he's actually officially got the call up yet. They're, we're still kind of waiting to see if they're gonna, going to give him the nod. Um, but, I, I mean, just by the way he's performed, I, I'm guessing it's going to be him. I think in a deeper league, in a you know a, a twelve team with a really deep bench, or or when we get into fifteen teams, uh, you already said obviously AL onlys. Um, I, I do think I'm adding Bello just because he does have the K rate upside to you know potentially just come up and, and have a a hot streak to start uh, up in the majors. You can kind of get away with control a little bit as as guys figure figure you out. Um, but there is, of course, that concern where if he just walks some guys and then gives up a bomb, that that ARA of yours can can skyrocket for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bellows definitely the guy of the two that I'm, I'm adding and in speculating on at least, uh, even though Cutter is already up. Yeah, that's fair. All right, talking about another call up here is Gabriel Moreno. Uh, Danny Jansen goes to the IL, so he's going to get called up. I mean, the Blue Jays already kind of had, you know, a number. They are, they already have their catcher right now. I mean, Christian Kirk's been great this year. Um, uh, or Alejandro, uh, sorry, Alejandro uh, Kirk. I'm, I'm mixing up my Kirks here. Um, Alejandro Kirk's been great. But Gabriel Moreno is one of the top prospects in the system. Kind of the, the starter Rio Muto package. Um, a little bit of... A, uh, speed, a little bit of power, good bat control. Uh, I, I've heard he's he's good with pitchers, but I, you know, that that's really hard to tell until he comes up to the majors. Um, what are you thinking with Gabriel Moreno? With the playing time concerns, is he worth it in? I'm going to say a a deeper 12 team two catcher league. Mm, no, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, in a two catcher league, I guess if you want to take a flyer, if you want to like. If you want to not do the uh, the Jonah Hames of the world and instead try a Marino for like a week or two, or I guess, I don't know, I guess a month while Danny Jansen's uh, fractured pinky is uh, fractured. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's fine. If you want to, uh, if you want to take a flyer, you're probably going to be better off going on, like going with a, uh, a Jonah Hame or a, uh, who else? Like Omar Navarez or, you know, there's there's probably guys who are better, who are available. But, yeah, I mean, if you want to take a flyer on the uh, an upside, I guess it's, you know, it's not the worst thing you could do. I, Alejandro Kirk, I mean, he's the starter. There's no, I mean, there's no at-bats for Marino at all. Like if, if Kirk, as long as Kirk is healthy, and he is, I mean, not only is he the starter, but he looks great. So, yeah, I mean, there's really no reason for Marino. I um, I looked for him, like, in our uh, in, in some of our 15-team mixed league fabs. I looked for Marino. He wasn't available yet because NFBC, think, uh, they have this thing where when a rookie's called up, he has to get in a bat before he's available. Um, so he wasn't available. At least when I looked, he wasn't available. <laughs> Maybe by Sunday he was. But I guess that sort of shows you my enthusiasm for him. I didn't even, you know, really look that hard on Sunday after he got at bats. I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, he's fine. I I don't see the playing time, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, he played a couple of games. And then what I think what they've done when he's played is actually move Kirk to DH and give him his days off at DH. So maybe there's some... 
some ways for him to get in that way. Like I said, I think in a two-catcher league, if you're just kind of streaming the position, I have no problem picking him up and seeing if he gets some playing time. Um, but that is a concern as we're not really sure how much the Blue Jays are willing to use him at this time. But it's really not a big deal because you're probably not getting a lot out of your streaming second catcher anyway. So uh, I'm perfectly fine taking that shot on him rather than um, continuing to, to stream the position. But you're probably right. Ultimately, any of those guys are likely to give you the same kind of production over this period. Uh, rookie catchers don't exactly have a sterling reputation as fantasy producers. <laughs> Adelaide. <laughs> uh, moving on to a, a, a rookie that didn't start off sterling this year, but is starting to come around his last couple of starts is Hunter Green. Number one starting pitcher on the player radar this week, or last week, I should say. He did have a two-start week, so 12 innings, 15 Ks, one earned, two walks. Where are you at on Hunter Green? I picked him up in a couple of leagues uh, where he got dropped this week just to see if maybe he's figured out the command. As I said, 12 innings, only two walks, which is nice to see. Top 50, top 40 starting pitcher rest of the season. Or are we still a little bit too high? Is he more in that streaming territory for you? Yeah, I think if, uh, you know, if Hunter Green is able to figure out his command, I mean, he could be a top 40 starter. I think pretty easily, even if he even if he continues to give up homers like out of control, if his command is there, that could really change. The, that, that could change the game for him. Um, I don't know if it's there, though. I, I mean, he, it was last week, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this week it's not there. Like, it's definitely a you know, it's an issue for him still. He's still got yeah. like, you know, a high um, walk per nine. It's uh, his command is. If his command is there, he could be an ace like we saw the last week. If his command's not there, he could be, like, unusable. And I really think that it could go from start to start where you're not necessarily sure what you're going to get. Like, I started him in a uh, 15-team mixed league, and I was happy with the results last week. But I know... I'm starting him again this week, and I know there's a chance that it could just be as bad as it was good last week. So I'm in, but super tentatively. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I'm the same way. Like I want to pick him up just because, like we said, like the the upside is great. He could he could potentially be a top twenty, top top even ten eventually. Eventually, he's got to get the innings kind of built up. But like he could be an amazing pitcher for fantasy. But uh, we do need to see that just kind of play out a little bit longer to make sure that this control um, isn't just a little blip. This week, he's at home versus Milwaukee. Cincinnati is kind of an awful place to be at uh, right now as far as pitching and pretty much always. Um, Are you interested in versus Milwaukee at home? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm starring them. I'm not... I don't feel like it's safe though. I mean, I don't, unfortunately, like you kind of alluded to, you know, his, even his home park is kind of a dangerous park. So when he's home, usually pitchers, when they're home, they're better than if they're away. Uh, nine times out of 10, uh, the, the 10th is always a Rockies pitcher, but yeah, I mean, uh, Cincinnati is not a great place either though. You know, it's kind of, we, we, we saw it, for a while, the old heads will remember Homer Bailey uh, or Aaron Harang, and then the uh, the new heads will be Tyler Mall and you know Hunter Green now and Luis it's just not a it's not yeah yeah exactly yeah it's just not a great park it's a uh, it's a, a real hitter friendly Homer park and for Hunter Green Homer parks are <laughs> it's not a great place to be yeah. but yeah I mean I'm starting them for sure uh, because. I where I have him, I kind of have no choice to be honest. But <laughs> even if I were in a twelve-team mixed league, I'm starting him because if I have him, I mean, if you're not starting him at home, just drop him. <laughs> you don't deserve him. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you have him, you have to start him at home. And the Brewers are not. I mean, the Brewers strike out a lot, so Hunter Green actually could have a terrific start against the Brewers. Um, if he gets, you know, if he's able to locate, he can strike out that lineup. Like he can have a, a 10 plus K game against the Brewers. He could also have a three inning six homer allowed. Like, wow. I didn't know Christian Yelich could hit two homers in an inning. Wow. He's back. 
<laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it could be bad, but yeah. it could also be very good. Hunter Green is very much like my golf game. It, it could be either <laughs> one anytime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hunter Green. Actually, someone someone mentioned, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know who it was, uh, but someone in the comments said, Hunter Green, when he's going well and he's able to locate his pitches, Hunter Green is uh, camo because Hunter Green, camo. And then when he's not doing well, he's fatigues. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good. Nice, anyway. Nice. Yeah. Give, give shout outs to our commenters when they, when they write, you know, worthwhile stuff and, and witty things out there. Um, let's talk about like the best. Actually, the best shout outs are when I forget the person's name. <laughs> we don't know them. Yeah. But they're listening. They understand. They know it's them. They, you know, they'll, they'll really tell you who it is in their next comment. Hey, that was me jerk. Why didn't you remember me? Um, Let's talk about a guy who who's returning from. Uh, I mean, he's he hasn't pitched all season. I hope you didn't start him, Steven Strasburg. He has a two start week this week, but he looked absolutely awful and just got bombed in his first start. I mean, he's throwing a sub ninety on the fastball. That's not what we want to see from Steven Strasburg. I mean, his velocity's been down for a few seasons now. Where where do you have him rest of the season? Are you even like? Do you want him on your roster? Or are we? Where are you at? No, I don't. I, um, I don't know. I think I said something in the last time I mentioned him. I think his over/under is around fifty innings pitched this year. I don't know. I don't have. I don't have much hope to be honest. I, you know, it's hard because he was great for a, a long time, really good. Um, but he's only, you know, I mean, he's only pitched like what is that? Thirty innings in the last three years it's yeah i mean i i don't know man i i think he's probably the best days are behind him unfortunately i i would be surprised if he's able to pitch 50 innings honestly if i'm saying 50 innings over under i'm probably taking the under on 50 so yeah not it's not great i i would say i'm as far out on him as i am on just about anyone yeah. <laughs> i'm not like probably I'm probably I would probably take a chance on Strasburg over Patrick Corbin because <laughs> a healthy Patrick <laughs> Corbin is much worse than an unhealthy Strasburg. But yeah, I'm not in on either. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I mean, talking about his fastball velocity in 2018, which was the last time we saw any kind of meaningful innings from him, it was 95 uh, in his outing. Again, this this last week it was it was 90 and, and sub 90 for most of the game, honestly. So it's it's not a great look. I have him in a couple of of deeper leagues, just hoping. But these two start weeks, it's going to determine whether he gets held onto or not. I uh, just wanted to mention Royce Lewis out rest of the season ACL tear. That's that's a little depressing as he was showing great things um, at, from as a rookie. I guess, Gray, anything to say in regards to Royce Lewis? Kind of next year, as we look at him from a dynasty perspective. Uh, any concern about how he comes back here? Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a lot of concern considering it's an ACL tear on the same knee that he injured last time. So yeah, I, know, I would say a get a better doctor, bro. <laughs> I would say I would say first of all, are you in a PPO or an HMO? Because whatever you're in, go in the opposite one. Uh, I yeah, I mean it sucks, man. I don't know, I. I be would I would be really concerned if I had him in a dynasty league. I I think he's super talented. You know his battle play, but the same knee. I mean I don't know. That's that's not a recurring injury you want to see. So yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, especially when you were looking at a power speed guy. I do agree. I think his bat will play. I don't know that his power. Is necessarily going to be enough to play up, though, to where you know his bat and his power are going to kind of sustain him in shallow leagues. If he hits at the top of the lineup, you know, so be it. He can he can carry it in some runs there. But yeah, I'm a little concerned. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's talk about the bullpens, Greg. All right. Who you got for the Sagnosters out there for some possible save changes or anybody to keep an eye on? Uh, well, I, you know, the, the Philly, well, first of all, the Red Sox seem like they're looking at Tanner Hulk for uh closer, uh, which is good for, I guess, for his value for people like me who drafted him 
back in November of last year uh, as a sleeper starter uh, in like uh, a draft champions league, you know, I, I suddenly, I fell into a closer, which I wasn't expecting, but it's actually, it's kind of welcome. I'll take it. I, I think, you know, Tanner Hulk could be as good as any closer, uh, probably more like a maybe seventh to 10th closer off the board. Uh, if he were, you know, to get every save opportunity, which he could. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't use him as a closer. It's like they have no one else. So, sure, why not? Um, and then the Phillies are another interesting one where we might know more information by the time this podcast comes out. But Corey Kniebel is saying he's got shoulder tightness. That's not good. I, I mean, everyone, no one seems really, I don't know, like from the, the general vibe I'm getting from the comments uh, on Monday, I didn't really feel like people were that, that cared that much, but that could really be like a huge situation. Like if Corey Kniebel is, uh, you know, if Corey Kniebel needs to go on the IL with any sort of shoulder issue, I mean, that's really bad. So um, Sir Anthony Hopkins Dominguez could be the closer. I, I kind of think Brad Hand, but I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the Phillies the Phillies reporters are saying Sir Anthony uh, Dominguez, um, OBE. But, I mean, I don't know. Brad Hand has done it before. Uh, it's, it's a tough call as of right now. It, it could be either one. But Knievel, I mean, shoulder tightness is bad. So I would definitely be looking at that. And then in Miami – you know, I was saying I was talking to uh, Craig Mish, uh, Marlins reporter, um, uh, uh, earlier uh, late last week, and he was saying, which is sort of been what the uh, you know what has sort of been the uh, story all along, that he was saying like Mattingly really wants to have a closer, like he wants a guy for the ninth inning, and that's kind of I, I mean I, you know reading the tea leaves, it does seem that way. So the fact that Tanner Scott has gotten the last few saves. I guess it's like I I would personally go to Anthony Bass. Um, you know, Mish was saying that he thought Anthony Bass too, but Tanner Scott's getting the save. So Tanner Scott's the man for now, at least. I mean, like Mattingly wants a closer. Tanner Scott's getting saves. He's the closer then until, you know, until further notice, which, you know, could be good, possibly valuable pickup in league. So, yeah, I would – so I'd look at those guys for, um, you know, bullpens this week. Yeah, and Anthony Bender's out in Miami, so that takes another possible option off the table. So, yeah, I think Tanner Scott's the guy for now. Um, you know, it's not like Bender deserved to have this spot either. So I think if Scott does well, there's no reason they won't have him in there. Uh, maybe, the only thing going against hand is I think the Phillies only have two lefties in their in their bullpen, so maybe that's why he he might get uh, pushed back. And I will say Matt Strom in Boston has gotten a, a couple of random saves when it's been lefty heavy in the ninth. So they may be doing kind of a righty lefty uh, save thing in Boston with Hawk and Strom. And they're not afraid to let Hawk go, you know, two or three innings because he was a starter. I do think he could be a very successful closer though. The, the K rate in the bullpen is, you know, what you're looking for from a, a top reliever. So I, I think there is all that possibility. And then you mentioned um, the injury to Kniebel. I, I think Mark Melanson kind of not feeling great, not performing, you know, we know he's not performing, but if, if there's an injury and he has to go in the IL, or if that's a reason to pull him from the job, then I think Ian Kennedy is somebody you could potentially speculate on in Arizona as well. Yeah, agreed. All right, waivers, Gray, who you got for everybody before we get out of here? Uh, well, Alex Kirloff, was he called up? Uh, no, hey, I, I, I thought he got called up. I put that in the notes, but no, he has not been officially called I, up. Yeah, I saw a fake I post, so. I think. <laughs> yeah, you really love Alex Kirloff. Oh, I love him. He is he is my boy. I've been waiting <laughs> for him. Every, that's our uh, our ongoing uh, <laughs> our ongoing narrative. For our this first year. two guys are just my guys, and I'm just going to keep putting them on here until everything <laughs> happens right. It's like, uh, yeah, okay. So uh, being on saying Alex Kirloff uh, is to back at him. <laughs> He's, He's coming up. He's coming up any any second now. Uh, okay, so um, Jake Berger's been hot. Uh, you know who else has been actually surprisingly hot? Christian uh, Bethencourt. Um, mm -hmm. He's uh, a catcher eligibility. 
So I actually I looked at him in uh, a couple fifteen team two catcher leagues. I uh, I went out and got Christian Bethancourt. He was hitting third uh, for most people. That's kind of irrelevant. So I'll move on. Uh, John Birdie's been getting steals. Eh, I mean, that's also kind of a deeper league guy. I, I know steals are steals and Sagnoff is Sagnoff, but John Birdie, uh, you can't, I don't know. You, you kind of need a deeper league, I think, before you can get a, a Birdie type. But he's been great for deeper leagues. Like I have him in a, uh, I have him in an NL only league where he's been like, Fabulous. Um, Eduardo Escobar has been very good. I think there's also, uh, you know, Seth Brown going back to uh, the A's. He's uh, he had a good Sunday, which is, you know, a small sample size, but he's been decent. I I like, uh, you know, honestly, out of all these guys, probably Berger has probably been the hottest, which is like goofy. Uh, not exactly like, you know, I don't know. It's not, not, not necessarily the strongest bet because of La Russa and, you know, just with platooning. Um, I know that, you know, Seth Brown is really high on the, uh, seven day player Raider. Uh, Michael, a uh, Michael A. Taylor is also, he was hot, uh, this past weekend. I think I, I labeled him a schmatato and Sunday's post, uh, McCutcheon's been good. Uh, Matt, oh, Matt Carpenter. I mean, if Matt Carpenter's available in your leagues, he had a great, uh, you know, obviously a great Sunday. But he's, I think, I read something like he had the most homers, like, in the first 11 games for the Yankees since, like, I don't know. I want to say, like, Kevin Moss. But I, I don't know. He's definitely, like, <laughs> Matt Carpenter has been, like, ridiculous in uh, New York, like, uh, for his time. Uh, and Bobby Dalback has been hot uh, recently. So, yeah, I, there's some guys. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier has been hot. You know, I, uh, you know, I'm just grabbing guys from the seven-day player Raider, really. But, yeah, they've been hot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, J.D. Davis is another one. Uh, Jace Peterson has some nice position eligibility. If you're in, deep, if you're in any kind of league with, with shallow benches, I like those guys that have multiple eligibility because then you don't have to bench, bench like an outfielder, first baseman, second baseman, third baseman. You bench one guy to cover those spots. Um, Kyle, Mitch Keller, our, our preseason, you know, fantasy interest because of the velocity has actually put in a, a couple of nice performances back to back. He's kind of in, I'd say he's, he's a lesser Hunter Green. Cause I, I don't, I know Keller, people loved Keller when he was coming up as prospect, but all that kind of fell off of him a little bit. Um, so I think I'd rather have Hunter Green, but if, if he's gone, Mitch Keller's interesting. There's also a, uh, there's a, a bit of a narrative to Keller because supposedly he got help with his sinker. Uh, so from uh, Clay Holmes, the ex-pirate, uh, current Yankees closer, uh, supposedly Keller got help with his sinker. So there's a there's a bit of a narrative there with Keller, which I don't know. I mean, maybe a lot of the times that I, I feel like that's overblown. But yeah, I mean, potentially Keller, sure. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about guys, you can potentially throw that that dart on if you're looking for anybody out in your your wires. Um, and a few prospects, real quick: Ryan Pepiat, uh potentially getting the call up, or I think he's already up. Um, Hila Ramos and Khalil Lee; these are deeply guys. Uh, not really anything too exciting, but all with a little bit of speed. Uh, Ramos and Lee with some speed. So if you're just looking for a deep league flyer on that side, um, Nick Martinez. Uh, Graham Ashcraft, if, if you're in deep leagues, because he's not really getting strikeouts, but he's pitching well. And then we talked about Michael Harris and Ezekiel Duran last week. So if they are still out in your leagues, go grab them now. Mm. Oh, that sounds good. All right. Well, then if that sounds good, we'll wrap it up right there. Then, Gray, as you mentioned off the top, we are now on YouTube, the full show. So you can listen to everything and watch us as we go through. Uh, we are actually also expanding, you know, into the modern era. Oh, of I forgot I should have worked. I should have wore pants for this. I, <laughs> oh my suit. god! I, Full real, suit. I realized I, we might have to re-record. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go, go, continue. Finish your outro. I'm my sorry. Outro spiel to, to get everybody. Yes. Yeah. So go go subscribe to that. That way, Gray doesn't have to read the uh, thing off the top every single show the rest of the way. Um, we're also moving into uh, Twitter or outside of just Twitter. We have Instagram, TikTok. Uh, at Rasball Fantasy, if you want to watch clips from this show uh, or the football shows that we're doing as well. So 
all sorts of fun stuff out there on the social media. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Razbeaton. Gray is, of course, the owner of the at Razball account. If you have specific comments, you can send us there or in the comments on the post. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Late. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.